This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. In his address to the nation on Wednesday night, President Trump noted that even with a travel ban in place from Europe, the issue of having goods coming into the country would be uh, an important one to focus on as well. It's important to note because there are concerns of supply chain interruptions from the outbreak since it is a global pandemic. Getting items from other parts of the world may be challenging at times. And then getting them off ships when they arrive in U.S. ports is another Cynthia Viravon is a professor of operations, information, and decisions here at the Wharton School, and he joins us on the phone to take a look at how supply chains are being impacted. Cynthia, great to have you back on the show. Thank you, sir. Hey, Dan. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So when you look at this issue, where do you see the biggest concerns right now? Um, first, let me start off by saying this is actually a big human life and death problem for many people. So... Um, that, uh, there are supply chain issue problems, but that's going to be a second-order problem. Um, but the first-order problem has to deal with uh, medical devices, products, um, uh, productive equipment, masks, cleaners, disinfectants kind of supply chains, which are uh, critically necessary for providing um, care for uh, people we are going to see get, getting infected over the next few months. Um, estimates are about... Um, 100 million infections in the U.S. alone. So we are thinking about uh, getting um, a supply chain ramped up for about 100 million people um, to get tested and uh, taken care of. So a lot of people involved, a lot of production capacity involved, a lot of capital involved. So we're going to one thing we're going to surely see is uh, this last out for a few months uh, ahead of us. But I would think, at least in the short term, and thinking about something like the, the, the testing kits that are going to have to go out to a variety of locations around the United States, those will be put on, on, uh, on first, uh, first alert to get them out to the various states uh, where yeah. they are needed the most. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. This is why a lot of, uh, a lot of um, uh, epidemiologists, supply chain people have started talking about um, what we call as flattening the curve uh, to help with production smoothing. So if we start the social distancing effects right now, uh, I think the peak demand is estimated to be around five to six million. So um, so we can get ramped up for that much amount of capacity if there is a if there is a conscientious effort from everybody in terms of uh, distancing and also getting tested with the right set of people and so on. How much then then does the government need to play a role in lending a hand where necessary to making sure that supply chains run, I guess, as close to seamless as you can get? Um, Yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of need for people to step in. Uh, That's at least my view. we're already seeing a lot of uh, push, a uh, lot of pushback on um, uh, supply constraints. Let me say, um, both in supply side and demand side, in airlines and hotel industries. So, just taking it a step further, uh, we should see more effects in transportation industry. So, um, there needs to be capital for production planning and. Um, and the equipment deliveries, not only at the supplier level, but at tier one, tier two, tier three levels. So to make the supply chains run smooth, um, there needs to be capital uh, plus. And I'm not sure every every company that's facing a crisis right now has enough capital to last them for the next few months. Um, so I do see 
um, governments uh, having to play a role at some point, for sure. I-, I wondered whether or not this outbreak and this crisis that the country and obviously the world is going through is making some companies rethink about production in their home countries. And this has been a topic uh, here in the United States about, you know, so much production being sent out to other countries uh, in the last couple of decades. Does something like this maybe start to give some pause to executives at companies thinking about, you know, if we're able to increase our our production levels, maybe we don't run into as significant of a supply chain issue when we have further instances, whatever it might be down the road? Yeah, I think, um, no, this we call it supply diversification. So diversification has always been kind of a conceptual thing um, in supply chain planning, but um, what has happened, as you say, in the last 20 years is there's, uh, uh, there has been a drive to lower costs uh, further and further, and um, and um, so we have scaled up production websites, uh, production sites, and one or two uh, sources, let's say. Um, I have been making a point um, in the classroom, at least, um, of how uh, companies can benefit a lot from having their production closer to their customers. So now you're a global company, you're selling, you know, a a global automobile manufacturer such as GM has both customers in China and the United States and um, a pretty large population of demand in both markets. Um, So it is actually helpful for uh, larger multinationals to have uh, production capacity closer to their customers. So um, in the United States, um, this means having some amount of uh, supply capability um, to ramp up um, in kind of uh, pandemic disasters such as this, and also short-term um, supply um, supply boost to uh, to get your uh, uh, get your you know two issues: get your um, employees uh, continue to work, and therefore they have their own um, their own benefits uh, accruing, and they can stay healthy. And also, your customers can continue to receive the products that they uh, that they would like to have at the at their um, at their point of need. One of the things that that most companies that uh, have to move product around are going to have to deal with is the additional cost, is the bottom line impact, which I think most companies and I think most investors understand. When you're talking about something like coronavirus and it being impacting so many people in so many locations around the world, that there is an estimation of the fact that you are going to have to book in additional cost to be able to keep a supply chain running because of what we're seeing right now. Right, right. I think uh, I, I, I'd agree. So I think long-term um, companies have to be, this is um, uh, my own, uh, and of course this is a prediction, and my own uh, view on this is we're going to have, um, given that we are living in a global economy with a lot of people traveling um, all over the world, uh, we're going to have um, um such public health uh, crises, um, hopefully, hopefully infrequently, but um, for sure a few more times in the future. And given the market, um, market losses have far, far, far dominated any kind of budgeting for public health, both at regulatory levels and the company levels. It seems like a prudent idea for for companies to invest in 
in keeping their supply chains resilient. Um, and this has become more important than ever before now. How do you th- think then, final question for you, how do you think then the, the, the impact is going to be felt, especially from a place like China, where obviously coronavirus, uh, it, it, was, it was kind of started in that, uh, in that country, but we rely on China to be such a, an importer of products to the U.S. How will that dynamic play out for, for companies moving forward? Yeah, uh, first, uh, let me say that China is also a big consumer market um, for many, many companies, um, especially in the United States that we hear about. Um, um, and I think, uh, going back to an example that I mentioned before, GM actually sells more cars in China last quarter um, than, uh, than in the United States. So uh, it's both a great uh, consumer market uh, for companies and also a, a big production, um, production location, as you have pointed out. Uh, what China's done, um, you know, and, and there are varying opinions about um, uh, about this, um, is is to make a decision to take the economic losses for a few weeks um, and then come out of this. And by all figures that I'm seeing now, um, they have tested, uh, you know, scanned thousands of people every six or seven minutes, and uh, it, and uh, Apple stores just opened today, all the Apple stores in China. So I'm seeing um, some life uh, for production coming back and consumption coming back in China. And um, uh, however, supply chains are uh, problems are sticky. Uh, they take time to resolve. So I'm going to see even if the production comes back to 100% levels, um, let's say as it was six months back, we are going to see a slight delay in mm-hmm. products being available uh, to consumers. Um, that's going to take a few uh, few months, actually. So I'm, I'm going to see. I'm going to guess actually some of the some of the backups are going to last uh, with us till fall uh, 2020, and and so it's going to be a longer problem. And that's why it's important for companies to have capital to last this kind of period of uh, lull. Cynthia, thanks very much for your time today. All the best. Yeah, thank you, Dan. Thank you. Cynthia Vera-Ravon, who's a professor of operations, information, and decisions here at the Wharton School. To keep engaged with Wharton Business Daily and other Wharton School shows, visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu.